My Euro Diary, your daily guide to Euro 2020. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from and get it delivered every day to your inbox. And get involved in the show using our Twitter feed and our email address, which you can find in the description of the podcast. My Euro Diary, your daily Euro 2020 guide. Hello and welcome to my Euro Diary podcast. Every single day there's a day of action at the Euro 2020 tournament. There'll be a brand new podcast to go alongside it. And what a day of action. I've watched both games and I've got so much to say about both fixtures that I've seen today. Croatia and Spain finishing 5-3 after extra time. France and Switzerland. Switzerland advancing through and knocking out the world champions after a penalty shootout that went right down to the final taker. We'll be going through all that action. We're talking about the potential lineup between Spain and Switzerland in the quarterfinals, which will be coming next week. And there's plenty to discuss. I'm so excited. What a day of football we just had. I don't think I've seen anything just like that. There's been 14 goals in, in that short space of time. I mean, wow, we've been really treated today as football fans. And if you don't like football... If you've got a friend who doesn't like football, I'll never understand. I will never understand. But anyway, if you're new around here, be sure to uh, get involved and subscribe via your podcast provider. And then also show your appreciation by leaving us a nice review if you've got a review option on your podcast provider. Thank you very much. Let's get straight into this action. And I am still absolutely buzzing. So Spain and Croatia. Firstly, we've got to talk about the start of the game, which was decided almost by an own goal from Pedri. And I'm going to say, I don't think it's quite fair that Pedri's own goal was his own goal, to be honest. I think it was actually a bit harsh how they've given that as an own goal for Pedri. I think Unai Simon was the one who really deserved the, deserved the, um, deserved the own goal tag to his name, really. Pedri essentially launched the ball backwards, 40 yards back, and... It was it wasn't even that powerful. I'll say it had a bit of a like a, a bit of swaz on it. So I'm gonna call that with my technical language. Um, yeah, it's it's yeah, it's just a very casual bit of control from Uno Simon, and I think that's where the problem lies. He's gone to control it like a normal goalkeeper would, and then he's just looked up and he's already looking. I mean, good players will put their foot on the ball and they'll look up straight away, and he is already looking up, but he hasn't taken the touch on the ball. He hasn't secured it into his possession. And that's where the problem starts, to be honest. And then it just bounces, sort of sw- swivels off his uh, shin, and goes straight into the straight into the back of the net. I mean, yeah, he deserved it to go in for not be- for being um, so you know lazy and and over the you know overzealous about it. He he got it completely wrong today, unfortunately. And he'll be disappointed with the way he's conceded that goal, unfortunately. But that's just the way the land lies. Uh, and that started off the game pretty nicely. I think Spain were, were pretty on top before then, with, of course, Spain having a fair amount of possession throughout the game. I mean, 67%, not quite as domin- domineering as it has been for them, really. Um, but, yeah, I suppose um, they had a lot of the possession before, and before half-time as well. So, well, before the actual half-time, there was obviously a bit of action before that. But, yeah, it was Pablo Sarabia who gave them the equaliser. But, um for me, the, the thing I noticed, Croatia, firstly, a massive respect to them for fighting back and taking the game to extra time. I, I think they were, th- were they 3-1 down or something like that, and you know it didn't look like they had any chance of getting back into the game. So a massive fair play to them for, for getting back into the game and, and keeping things going, really, and, and keeping that entertaining clash going. Um, I think fair play to Spain as well for putting five past the second team in two games. I mean, Slovakia... 
were were didn't play particularly well when they played them, but they they put the two games at the, the two games at the start of the tournament. I thought, God, this Spain team looks drab. It looks dry. But now they by almost sort of not taking a little bit of their foot off the gas in terms of control over the game, they've allowed opponents onto them and then it makes for a more exciting Spanish side and it obviously allows them to break them down a lot easier because the opposition aren't stuck in a low block the whole time. Um, Spain worked the ball wide, which I think they should have done more during those two games against Sweden and also Poland. I think that helped. They got in behind the Croatia's fullbacks. I mean, they had Juranovic at, at right back for, for large parts of the game, of course. And, you know, he's not really your natural right back. I think you'd normally play for Schalke there. But it was uh, Josko Gvardiol who, um, who who was really made a bit of a fool of, particularly by Ferran Torres and a bit of Pablo Sarabia as well on that left left side of left back. Um, the latter has been really play, praised in, as in Gvardiol for his attacking abilities um, in, in the group stages, especially in that Scotland game. He did get forward quite a lot and he did get the ball... Uh, get moving and, and kept kept Croatia going forward however today I mean he, he just looked all over the shop he was getting overloaded I mean he is a very quality player and he is technically a, a, a centre-back I mean I'll, I'll firstly say that but he was incredible in the uh, in the Scotland game and the Czech, Czech Republic game but today it wasn't really his day unfortunately for him and ended up having a little bit of a shocker but I do believe there's potential there he's the guy I said to look out for but he's not going to be going any further with Croatia. But the attack in wide overloads for Spain meant, you know, meant they prevented Guska Vardiel from getting in behind and from getting forward. I mean, most of the time, as I said, he's been driving them forward, but he just wasn't able to get in. I mean, that Spain pairing, spent centre-back pairing looked dodgy, dodgy, dodgy. I don't know why Pau Torres was, was dropped for the game. I mean, yes, I think he came, came on for the last 19 minutes again during Slovakia's game, but... He's been, you know, Eric Eric Garcia and Laporte. They just don't work together. I don't understand why Garcia is playing in that in the Spanish team at all. To be honest, six games in the Premier League this season, not for me, Clive. Not for me. Laporte was very good, but I think Pau Torres he needs to show his potential. I think he's a very good footballer, and he ended up playing seventy one minutes. To be honest, but sorry, he ended up coming on in seventy first minute. Um, and they did look a bit dodgy at the back, to be honest, Spain. But in the end, it was Spain who kind of prevailed, and they they, they just kept going, and they they were very resilient to Croatia's real comebacks. Um, but one man I thought changed the game was Mislav Orsic, who I said should be starting for Croatia, hadn't made an appearance so far at the Euros. In fact, had only made the bench once in the Euro tournament so far. I thought it's disgraceful. I think you're just wasting a really really good talent in Mislav Orsic there. Well, just leaving him on the bench, or not even on the bench at all. I think that's very harsh. I think he's a very good footballer and would make a difference should he come on. I just don't understand how he hasn't been making the bench. He's come on and he's changed the game. Um, there's one time where he's made the bench and, and didn't get picked. But then the England game, he wasn't even on the bench. The Scotland game, he wasn't even on the bench. I mean, I don't get it. He's literally one of your best attacking talents, in my opinion. And he changed the game today, and I hope that sort of shifts Zlatko Dalic's mentality towards him. Because I said he should be starting, he didn't start, but when he came on, he looked absolutely phenomenal. They were going for it, Croatia. They didn't look boring, they looked very, very good. And they should uh, take a lot of credit from that, and take a lot of heart from that. I mean, that's sort of their second generation, uh, their second generation of talent, but there might be, um, yeah... 
I feel like they worked really hard and I feel like they worked worked their socks off, but Spain in the end their quality prevailed. They got wide, they got the ball forward, and they looked really good in the end, and they deserve a lot of credit from it. So a massive fair play to Spain. They'll be heading through to the knockout stages to play not France, but Switzerland. And wow, the world champions knocked out. Knocked out because they were rubbish. Because they relied on their ability too much, France. Harris Seferovic is better than Mbappe at Euro 2020. I thought Harris Seferovic, Seferovic just looked fantastic tonight. I thought centre-forward play, two, headed, two aerial duels won, both of them ended up in the back of the net. What more could you ask for? Kylian Mbappe trying to stretch him behind and just wasn't good enough. I, don't, I think Pogba could have had about 15 assists if Mbappe finished his chances. France, too casual, and they played with arrogance. But not the arrogance that you want that's going to almost say, right, we believe in our abilities, we know we're better than you. It's, it was a, we believe we're better than you, but we're not going to try and play to that level because we don't think you're worth it. Classic example of almost no tactics, just, just play how you want. You'll, 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 get, the, you'll get the win because you're, you're France and you're world champions. Switzerland, and they worked their socks off for every kick. They got in, they got in faces, the face of Pogba and they prevented him from playing. And um, Although he scored, yes, it was a beautiful goal. Yes, it was fantastic. And it was a typical example of this for when Gavranovic scored. France never got out the first gear through the group state and hence the slow and lethargic performance and their regret, their lack of intensity. When it comes to looking back on this tournament, that's the first time they haven't made it, past, made it into the quarterfinals by, uh, since the World Cup 2010, which was obviously a fantastic tournament for for everybody uh, in South Africa and France went out at the group stage and they just couldn't do it they couldn't do it yeah I mean they worked really hard and they tried their best but just just they didn't try hard enough really I thought Switzerland they looked phenomenal they looked all over the sh- all over the pitch they were trying to get involved they were trying to make things happen every single minute of the game they were trying to uh, get involved in the in the French side and they knew that they could bet on it going to penalties they knew that they believed in their abilities and France they believed in their abilities a bit too much it was almost overzealous it was almost not just not just not characteristic of them and they didn't work hard enough in my opinion France I thought they just played with arrogance they played with ego it was an egotistical performance and they, <laughs> they fell short and rightly so it's great to see a side like that be knocked out when they think they're better than everybody else um, but yeah I thought um yeah, but the only player to score in a France win at Euro 2020 is Mats Hummels. That's the only stat I have. I've got a few stats for you, actually, which I'm coming up. Um, hmm. What else? Um, Jose Mourinho said that they were celebrating too early. and Apparently, they thought it was done. But, yeah, I thought we worked really hard. I thought that Switzerland worked really hard, and I thought they played the best game that they could. And I thought they did the best they could with the tools they had. Um, but yeah, I think France just need to have a look at themselves and they need to sort these ego issues out, whatever they got going on behind the scenes. But Kylian Mbappe looks like a kid with an ego and that is not good. I think he's, he's been pampered too early in his career and potentially this could lead to, could lead to adverse effects coming forward in, into his career. And that's worrying because, you know, he's not one of the best players in the world, Kylian Mbappe, unfortunately, he's just not, he's just not. Unfortunately, he dropped a couple of stinkers today, and I don't even think that he didn't. Yes, he missed the penalty. That's that's irrelevant in my opinion. Performance is not relevant in my opinion. Um, yeah, I just thought, wow, France were you know all over the you know at three one for France. Would you even consider the notion that they'd be out of the tournament? I certainly didn't. 
I certainly didn't think they were anything. But um, I thought Granite Jacker was very good. I thought I think he deserves a lot of credit for for his um, his performance. I thought he looked really really good in that midfield. Um, he, he went toe to toe with Kante and Pogba in the midfield, and he was very good as a captain, motivating his team before the penalty shootout. We all saw that. Um, and they did really well, Switzerland. They deserve a lot of credit. And they'll now go on to face this Spain side. And I think anything could happen. And now you look at it, any of the teams, Italy or Belgium or Spain and Switzerland, will be in the final. And I think that's really good because you've got a couple of underdogs in there. I class Spain as an underdog nowadays. I'd, you know, I don't quite think they're as good as they were. Um, but Denmark, Czech Republic as well is another one that I look at. And then I see England, Germany. Uh, tomorrow and then Sweden Ukraine tomorrow which I'm going to give you my predictions for now uh, let's take a look at what I think about this what is going to happen um, rightio let's go to my predictions because I don't even think I did any yesterday but I th I'll give it a go um, match predictor I predicted a Spain win I predicted a Switzerland win and got no I predicted a France win and got no points because it was a Switzerland win for England Germany I'm going to go 1-0 England, I can't really see it being any other way, but uh, my first goal scorer will be... Um, Kane, there we go, Kane. Then Sweden are going to beat Ukraine 1-0 as well. I feel that like there's a couple of snooze fests on the way after the game that we've had today. And the first goal is going to come from the man that is Alexander Isak, who I think is a good footballer and has done very well at the tournament. However, that brings me to the end of the Euro Diary podcast for today. I'll see you in the next one. Make sure you're subscribed on your podcast platform. I'm looking forward to the England game tomorrow and I'm looking forward to the Sweden game as well. I think that's going to be a good competition. But let's get straight into that tomorrow's episode. And if you want to listen to that, it'll be here on your podcast provider. If you're subscribed, you'll get it straight to your inbox. See you later. Goodbye.